Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tent Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Nelson. And we want to give a special thank you to Kimberly Mehmet on sound production and editing. Today, what I want to talk about is something that I'm feeling very passionate about, and I'm gathering a lot of data for, and that is chronic pain and fibromyalgia flare-ups. And it sounds kind of weird to be excited about it, but let me explain. So there has been a huge number of people who have had chronic pain and have had mystery diagnoses or can't find anything to diagnose, rather, is more the story. And so it gets under this blanket diagnosis called fibromyalgia. And that is just this like shit scape where everything goes that they can't solve, they can't put a name to. Oh, it must be fibromyalgia. And it leaves people with enormous amounts of pain that come and go and stay for a while, leave, come back again. And they're trying to find answers. They're trying to find, okay, what triggers this flare up? How long is it going to stay and what works to help it go away? Because it does go away and then it just comes back. And if you've ever talked to anybody who's had this diagnosis, it is so frustrating because it can leave you in bed for days, weeks, sometimes months. And it can also just shape shift. And what happened after COVID was a lot of people all of a sudden just activated this condition in their body. So they're trying to do all this research and find answers, find relief. And it's just been so devastating for people. And what's happening in the current market is there is just not enough helpers, care providers, solutions for the amount of people seeking help, seeking need. And so it leaves this big disparity. And the part that is exciting for me is I'm actually kind of an expert at this because not only have I been experiencing chronic pain for about 10 years, but I only came to it maybe in the last five years that that's what it was because it was even hiding from me. But I've been helping clients navigate this for so long. And I've been gathering a lot of information about it because I've been helping clients with this. And so I find it kind of exciting to be able to use my voice in a way that is going to benefit people. And my plan, and I'm speaking this out into existence, my plan is to compile some research and write sort of a handbook not necessarily a book, but just an information packet compiling this information to pass on and to sell to people so that they can have access to this. But I'm going to first talk about it here as part of my creative process, as part of collecting and gathering more data, and then just spreading the information. Because not everybody can pay for information, but some people can. And I think information is valuable, especially when it's backed up by a 20-year career of somebody helping people do this. So first of all, for anybody who has chronic pain 
I'm really sorry. It's the worst thing ever. And it's something that you have to navigate, usually on your own. And it's also something that you have to seek a lot of advocacy and validation for. And you're usually not getting it by the people nearest and dearest to you because they run out of compassion. They have compassion burnout because it's annoying to you to have to bow out of situations. And it's annoying to the people that love you because plans get changed. Things have to shift when some person is not operating at the capacity that they used to, it changes the whole ship. Everybody has to adjust and figure out how to proceed and what the best course of action is. And so chronic pain, it's felt by an individual, but it is held and supported in community. And when you find that your community does not have the capacity to hold and support you, it feels very isolating and very devastating. And I think just in general, we're all learning how to show up in community together. We're all learning again what it means hold space for somebody to serve them and to support them. And that can look like a lot of different ways, but we have to teach our loved ones how to help us navigate this, but we first have to navigate it. And that can feel very isolating, especially if you've gone to appointment after appointment and you're not finding any answers and your blood work is showing some things, but not showing other things. And you're just left with all of these questions and not enough answers. The questions lead to more questions, not answers. And that is a very hard, hard journey. And I just want you to know that you are not alone. There are several people doing that exact same thing. But I want to make the journey lighter for you by offering some possible insights. And for those that are not experiencing chronic pain, you might think some of these ideas are kind of wacky. And for those who are experiencing chronic pain, this could be the most validating information that you've heard because it is a little wacky, some of the things, because there are so many possible sources of our discomfort and our pain that some of it seems like kind of far out, but it's, it's not. I mean, it is initially, but it's not because we have to break down this idea. We have to start believing and living in connection and in relationship with the earth, with the world, with the planet, with the universe. And we've really, as a society, been disconnecting from nature for so long that some of these ideas are going to seem... They're going to seem out there, but they're not. So the first thing that I tell people with chronic pain, with fibromyalgia, is you're going to start paying attention to weather patterns. You're going to start paying attention to storms. Okay, that seems simple enough. We all know somebody whose shoulder acts up before the storm comes. There's plenty of evidence about that with the barometric pressure. Here's the other thing. Moon cycles. Your pain cycle is going to flare up with different moon cycles. Maybe that's easy for some people to believe, maybe still a little bit hard to believe. If you have a hard time believing relevancy with moon cycles, just like read a book on physics and 
and how much we don't know about the moon's orbit and the earth's orbit and how they're actually both orbiting each other. And it's this phenomena that changes and increases every year. And not only does it affect the tides, but it affects the landscape and other planets see the effects of that. So I I would just encourage you to consider perhaps that you are part of a universe and that these things actually, if they're changing tides and changing weather patterns, that it's probably affecting your body as well. So the other thing is solar flares. Sometimes the sun's rays are literally so intense that it shifts or flares up pain in your body. We measure solar flares because it also has a great impact on vegetation and animals. I mean, you can look this up with your weather channel. They'll warn you of solar flares, which are different than heat spikes. Solar flares are different than heat spikes because it's a specific ray that's coming through the atmosphere that's affecting it. Speaking about weather patterns, anytime there's an extreme in a weather pattern, if it is really unseasonally hot and it's not typically that hot, you're going to feel it. If it's really, really cold and it's not typically that cold, you're going to feel it. So all of this climate crisis that's happening, it's happening very differently for people with chronic pain because it's throwing their body off. They're feeling these things in their body. So let's just quickly review. So to repeat that, we've got storms, moon cycles, solar flares, temperature extremes. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Because we've also got things environmentally, pollution, what's running through your water. There are places in the U.S. that do not have clean water. And we usually hear about it, but sometimes we don't. So I would get a report from your city, see what's in your water, and research if that's healthy for you or not. And then I would probably get some filter that has a carbon-based water filter and start filtering your water. And I know that sounds extreme, but for some people who have chronic conditions that flare up, it is worth checking. It's worth checking your house for mold. It's worth investigating the air quality, paying attention to air quality, because if it's a red day, if we're in the red zone, you might not want to go out and exert yourself outside. You might want to maybe If you're going to be going outside, you might want to travel somewhere else or you might want to stay indoors that day because those are things that can trigger your flare up. Then we've got, you know, food, different chemicals in food, different gluten sensitivities, sugar, alcohol, things that, you know, we kind of know, but that all of a sudden become extremely important because anytime your body is asked to work harder, it may or may not have the energy to do that and may send you over that tipping point. So this is also where if you're using a lot of household cleaners, detergents, soaps, products, you might 
have accompanying like rashes and acnes and things showing up on the skin that your body's overwhelmed. The liver can't process it all internally. It's sending it externally through the skin. There's also emotional things. When you have a fight with somebody, or if you live in a volatile environment where you don't feel safe emotionally, or if you feel exhausted emotionally, maybe there is like emotional safety, there's just something big that has happened, or you're a little extra drained with your relationships, you're going to feel that through your body. If your body's saying no and you say yes, your body will let you know because it will have a flare up. And this could be something like somebody is taking up too much of your time, too much of your space, too much of your energy reserves. You're going to know because your body is going to tell you and it's going to tell you through a flare up. And then you're going to think twice before doing that again. So your body then becomes a boundary for you. Your body's giving you that information so that hopefully that you can use your voice and advocate for yourself next time around so that you don't keep making your body go through these. You're not making your body, but if, but if you're getting the cue that says no and you do it anyway and then your body experiences a flare-up, you now have a pattern recognition and you can now say, okay, when I get that same cue, I know to change my behavior because I don't want another flare-up. I find it the most challenging with relationships and emotional outpouring of myself because I always felt like I could just love and be empathetic forever. And now I know, oh, I actually can't. I've got to at some point stop or else my body's going to get so overwhelmed that I'm going to start experiencing chronic pain that might leave me in bed for a day or two before I can actually like move it through my body. This must sound wild for people who don't know that this exists, but it exists. And there are lots of things that trigger it. And sometimes for people, it can be triggered emotionally and or through relationships. Another aspect of this is through your five senses. If you are overstimulated through your senses, and we talked a little bit about chemicals, but if you're smelling something and it's giving you a headache, and you can't get out of that, a headache can turn into a migraine and it can turn into something that lasts and that triggers pain throughout your body and in your joints. So you might want to use your sense of smell for things that you really enjoy smelling, but really get out of environments that are overstimulating in that way. Vision, again, if you're having any light processing over sensory stuff, too much time with blue light, or if the sun's flares, like I learned about this with people who wear a lot of sunglasses in the winter, because here in Utah, there's so much snow, and that light bounces off the snow, and it sends a totally different ray than just like the ray of the sun. And it causes a lot of pain for people because of the light processing and the strain on the eyes and the brain, and that can send, again, people into a chronic flare. The same is true, though, for computers and and people who spend all day with technology. That can be really draining. 
but that drain can get to the point of experiencing pain through the body. We did sight, we did sound, touch. Sometimes people with fibro flares, touch can feel too overwhelming. It hurts too bad. If you're in that state, seek out energy healing and hopefully it can free up some energy in your body to where you can receive touch again. In the meantime, you can use topical products that are pain relieving. You can use yourself to do self-massage. And also lymph massage is very light touch and just moving lymph will be beneficial. It will relieve some of that pain just by passing things through the lymph and clearing up your lymph in your body, any excess lymph. So dry brushing is great for that. But you can also see a practitioner and get a lymph drainage massage. And just to drain the lymph and move it, that can release pressure. And you can just feel less pain in the body through that. Sound, a lot of people get overstimulated with sound. And that's what I love about those new loop earplugs. You can filter the amount of sound that you're hearing. And I have a friend and her husband's an audiologist and he's always like, you know, telling people to wear headphones when they're going to concerts or movies or mowing the lawn or all these things. And it was kind of funny at first, but after a while, I really understood it because sound, we hear it with our whole body. We also hear it through our ears, but the the vibration alone can just be really overwhelming that we're absorbing enough sound through our bodies that we need to take extra precaution and just put in those earplugs as well. And of course, the audiologist is saying it so that people don't damage their ears. I'm saying it as a validation that it's not only about damaging your ears, but it's literally can be a trigger for chronic pain flare-ups and an overstimulation, an oversensory stimulated experience that can leave you very dysregulated. Taste is the last sense. And we already kind of talked about that. People with chronic pain usually have to make dietary changes. And and they just have to figure that out as they go. There's no rhyme or reason to that. I think it's body led. And I think you can trust your sense of taste to lead you in the direction that is going to work better for you and best for you. And that might be pharmaceutical medication, that might be supplements, that might be diets that eliminate certain sugars or gluten or alcohol or, you know, nightshades. It could be really extreme for you. And that could lead you down the road of eating disorders. So watch that because you want to feel good, but you also want to have a life that is not totally driven by managing chronic pain flare-ups. And I think that's the biggest challenge with this is all of these things that I'm saying, I've learned over two decades and I'm just sort of giving them to you in one episode. And this can take years to gather data and information about yourself. I don't think it's wise to try all of these things at once. I think that can be really harmful. The point of this is, is that you're a person in a universe 
who is experiencing things through their body. And when your body's response to life is to have pain that can leave you in bed for days, you have to start filtering out some of life's experiences and managing life different because your body's asking you to. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. I think atmospherically paying attention to what's going on in the weather with moon cycles, sun cycles, all of those things that we talked about. Environmentally, what's going on in my house? What chemicals am I using? What water am I drinking? Is there mold? Is everything in my environment working for me? And then filtering it down through the senses is another way to go with like just sticking to my body and my body's cues. Am I experiencing pain in one sense more than another? Like, is this, am I always getting like eye strains and headaches that then trigger the chronic pain? Or is this something like a skin rash and pain? There's a lot of avenues to go. And I hope that these lenses through which I'm providing are providing clarity for possible things that could be triggering this pain. And if you're a loved one or a family member of somebody who has chronic pain, they're just as tired of it as you are. And they probably don't tell you half of the time when they feel pain because they don't want to say those words out loud again. Any kind of gentle or soft approach is the only approach. And I tell this to my clients all the time. What if I find out that I have, you know, another sensitivity or that something else is causing me pain? The answer is always you make more accommodations. You're softer with yourself. You open your arms a little bit wider to say, it's okay. We're just going to start doing it this way now. The answer to getting answers is making more accommodation, making more space, more gentleness, more kindness. And there are some people who go through the world and they just keep ignoring their body cues. And then there are other people who don't have that choice because they will be literally shut down in bed. And it's a real gift when somebody's body is forcing them to make changes because it shows a level of truth. Because the world that we live in, we're so out of sync with rhythm. We're so out of tune with our universal experience. And we often are not doing the things that support our human bodies. And when somebody has chronic pain, they learn that they need to start taking very good care of themselves and that it matters to be connected to nature and paying attention to nature and living a fuller life that is a much simpler life. The fullness of the life is you enjoy the good days when they come. You enjoy the moments of mobility when they're there and the times that you have the chronic pain, you're learning to manage your emotions around that. You're learning to manage your moods and how to feel and navigate through boundaries, what is okay for you and what is not okay for you. And sometimes it feels not fair because there are tons of people around us that don't have to do those things. And we do have to make accommodations. 
And rather than getting stuck in victim mentality around that, it's a real honor to live in integrity with yourself. And it does come at the expense of chronic pain. But you'll figure it out. And there's a lot of people around you who are also experiencing and navigating the same thing. And there's a lot of answers that you will not find with doctors and hospitals, and you will have to seek out through healers and nature and ancient wisdom and living in flow with the universe. And it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If you would like to participate in my data collection for my handbook pamphlet that I'm going to make... Well, I'm actually, the form has already been created. The Google form has already been created. Please reach out with an email to our email address. It's tenttalks111 at gmail.com. And the ones are the number one. So tenttalks111 at gmail.com. Please send us an email if you'd like to be a part of the data collection, if you've had chronic pain. I want to know what has worked for you. I want to know what triggers your pain. And I want to know how it's going for you. And I also want to add to the knowledge that you have by sharing what I've figured out with my clients. So... Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode and for being kinder to yourself and your body and those around you who might also have some chronic conditions because we really don't know what people are dealing with internally. And so the ounce of kindness and patience and loving care that you can extend and share with other people goes a long way. And as always, We will see you next time on Tent Talks.